sponsored by Overcast, an independent podcast app that embraces the open world of podcasting instead of locking it down. No exclusives, no premium content, no paywalls. Just a great podcast app for everyone. Get Get it for free free in the the App Store. Oh, the triumphant, incredible groundbreaking return of wisteria gaze oh everybody's been banging on our doors they found our address and i don't know how but they said when the fuck is this podcast coming back and we said we're working on it we're working on it and then they said we don't care and they've killed our family (laughs) they've burned our house down but But left our podcasting equipment so the one thing we can do is make a podcast and can i say yeah absolutely worth it worth it worth all of the trouble (laughs) worth worth the dead family members (laughs) we're back we're back baby wisteria gaze this is a podcast where i'm Mackenzie, and i ned (gasps) ned that's your first time that's my first that that was my first time right ever speaking (laughs) uh what do we do we watch every episode of desperate housewives (laughs) one by one at a time Talk about it spoiler free. And we're gay. <gasps> we're so gay. We're feeling wild today. Wild and feral and sexy. And sexy. And I think it's because I am s- literally so excited to be talking about this episode. So of am I. Housewives. It's been, it was weeks since I watched it because we took some time for some personal stuff. And I missed it. I really missed watching Desperate Housewives. Me too. And this was an incredible episode to come back to. It really was. It was it was kind of a what is a word? It was kind of um an explosion. It was an explosion. It was yeah. just well written. It was very funny. It was just it was it was it did a great job of balancing all the women. Yes. I'm not realizing like every woman felt like they had a lot to do, but it didn't feel overwhelming. And they even had a very short, small group scene. Sorry for <sighs> the spoiler. No, it's just I. Wow, I can't believe this is my favorite episode of season two so far. <laughs> We're talking about season two, episode 19 today. The episode is called Don't Look at Me. Don't. Which just is don't look at me. Deeply relatable. Yes. <laughs> and this episode premiered April 16th, 2006, and was written by Josh Center and directed by David Grossman. For Sondheim Watch, Don't Look at Me, highly relatable, is from the Sondheim musical Follies. Mm. And for Wisteria International, most countries it was called the same thing, but in Germany it was called Shameless. Oh. And in France it was called Redemption is Possible. The French, when naming these episodes, they just take a line from the episode. Yeah, that's yeah. that's what they do. I was just a Mary Alice monologue. It's usually, I feel like, rooted in the in the MA monologues for mm-hmm. sure. You ready to dive into this, Sodi? Oh, I'm undoing my robe <gasps> and I have a oh. full suit on. It's a new oh. suit. Oh, it looks nice. Thank you. I like it. That color looks really good on your on your skin, but makes your eyes pop. Yeah, thank you. That. That's what I was going for, and I'm glad you noticed. Thank you. I I always notice you. So let's dip our little toesies in. Ooh, bloop, bloop. We start off with Louisa Pate. Oh, an actress I stand. I love her. She's such a prominent character actress. Oh, her in 51st Dates? Her in ca- The Cat in the Hat. Her in Cream. <laughs> she's her, in the cat in the head. I did not know that. <laughs> her and Crazy Ex Girlfriend. Yes. She's Josh's mom. I mean, gosh, she's great. She's a great actress. Uh I it was so fun to see her as as it looks like Parker's teacher. Yes. 
we find out that Louisa Pate's way to deal with bad kids or troublesome kids is to instill shame in their parents. (laughs) (laughs) We see that she is telling a parent about how their child killed the class hamster in five minutes. (laughs) There's a fucking Nazi Nazi thing. Yeah, it's it's like one of the armbands. Yes, because a kid brought in their father's Nazi armband for show and tell. Yeah. Jesus Christ. That was a little intense. (laughs) And then we see that somebody was taking proceeds to beat up kids. Funny though. I wish I thought of that as a kid. I I wish I thought to extort children my own age when I was about seven. Was there never a uh, class-wide retail thing that... um, I'm trying to think of a word. Book fair? No. When I was a kid, we would sell crayon shavings to each other for seemingly no reason at all. They just (laughs) became popular. You just had like a whole ecosystem of of money going uh, on? Like a marketplace of just crayon shavings, but we would use real money. I that I have never experienced that as a child, no. I don't know why we would do this. <laughs> That's so weird. I I never experienced... No, we didn't do anything like that when I was a kid. Okay, okay. That's so wild. Well, I also graduated with a class in eighth grade of 13 kids, so maybe there was something <laughs> else going on there. There was some, something else in the water, but we do see the latest parent on the shaming block <laughs> is Lynette Scavo, because yes. little Parker... Little Parker Nation. We are a part of the Parker Nation. We are. Was involved in an incident. And when Lynette inquires what this incident was, we find out that, but speaking of, of you know, marketplace exchanges and transactions, Jesus. Parker <laughs> offered a young girl a cookie in order to see her vagina. Yes. And Lynette is shocked uh, and the teacher i kind of like the idea that the teacher has been teaching him for a while so she she is aware of um the fact that parker hyper fixates on things and lynette knows this as well and so he he went through a dinosaur phase and we see some other ones later in the episode and his current hyper fixation is on vagina i do really like how the teacher is also saying this is probably just a normal curiosity that he has yes. there's nothing weird about it he just wants to know what's going on yeah because i think that like especially in the u.s like the views on sex and sex education are just so polarizing to people and it's like kids and and young adults should know about sex and should know about bodies so that they understand what's happening with everybody and so that they can make educated decisions and like you know yeah I, i like that they don't sexualize his interest in this because it does seem like at a certain age kids realize hey other kids have different parts of their body than i do what's going on and like it is a completely normal thing for children to one day realize and yeah i do like that they don't shame him or make it like weirdly sexual that this is something he's curious in yeah because it is normal it is yeah but the teacher does at the same breath acknowledge he needs to learn what's appropriate to do at school and what's not and so she asks lynette to talk to him basically Mm -hmm. and just discuss like hey don't maybe maybe don't do that at school 
Yeah, and Lynette agrees to go home and do exactly that. And then we get the full theme song. And oh, my bones. You know what they were doing? Were they crunching? They were fucking crunching. Do you want to guess what my fucking cheeks were doing? They were clapping? They were clapping. I heard them from my room. (laughs) They were so loud. Oh, we haven't had the full credits in so long. And this being the first episode I've come back to after two weeks of not watching, I was like, they knew. They knew we needed this. They knew I needed to hear the full theme song. And then after the theme song, we go straight to Andrew. (gasps) Gay prince. Our gay evil little prince. Our great gay evil prince. We find out that it has been six weeks since the beginning of the war. (laughs) (laughs) And we are at the family courthouse. It is finally time to go to court when Carol Burnett shows up. Carol fucking Burnett. <laughs> she plays TV moms all the time now. She played Shh. Jane Lynch's mom in Glee. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the Glee, the Glee universe. <laughs> Carol Burnett is so fucking famous. Yes. Comedy legend. Just fucking media legend. Like one of the most famous female comedic actresses of all time. It was so fucking wild to see Carol Burnett. I also want to point out that Peter is here. Is that his yes. name? He shows up to support Brie and then we don't see him the rest of the episode. Because no. the last time we saw him, he was carrying her out of the bar, right? Yes. It's and been a bit since we watched, so I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. Uh, I think he's there just for the exposition, so Carol Burnett gets Can that. Be shitty to him. Yeah, and I was going to say learns that Brie is in AA. Yes. Uh, but Carol Burnett is playing Eleanor. And, I, and at first I thought, oh, that's her mom. But then I remember her mom died. Yeah. And we get into that in a great scene later. But this is Brie's stepmother. And God, I just I just literally can't believe Carol Burnett was on this show. Yeah. I just, I'm still reeling from it. And then we meet Brie's dad as well, Henry Mason. And he's also played by a pretty famous actor. I... I didn't recognize him at first, but his name is Ronnie Cox. Okay. And he's best known for his work in the Beverly Hills Cops movies, and he was in RoboCop. Oh. So, and he, so he's just like a you know award-winning actor and musician who's been in a lot of movies in the 80s and stuff. So they just, they they got the, the famous people for Bree's parents. Yeah. I mean, you got to go all out. And we'll talk about it later, but another huge, in my opinion, huge cameo of an actor later in the episode. Yes. Yes, I had to remember. Like, they really brought in the, I, bi- the big guns for this episode. I yelled. I also, I knew he was coming, but I yelled as well. Um, We find out that Bree's dad is a lawyer, and he was able to talk with the judge <laughs> because they're old buds and postpone court. Yeah, because he thinks that their family is not messy people. They're not no. messy people. They need to settle this out of court like a real family. And also to not air their shit in public which i can see where brie gets it from yeah <laughs> yeah and but it's like dude you don't know what the fuck's going on and we fi- i mean we see that later but they literally don't know exactly what's going on like yeah. i think they probably could have used court to settle this whatever i i do as well i think it could have been helpful for them but i loved the next transition because we go across the <laughs> hall straight to court where gabby solis and carl are carl carlos carlo carl was in the earlier scenes yes. that might have been what you were thinking yes carl was. i also always makes up carlos and carl because they're basically the same name that's fair but yes we find out that they are in court because they stole the baby. They fucking I, kidnapped that baby. <laughs> there must have been like a small break between yeah. the episodes coming out. 
Because I feel like this is such a weird thing to jump into right away when they just stole that baby. There was, I think, because this one premiered April 16th. And the other one, I, I think last episode might have been April 6th. So it was a little over a week. So it's a little longer than they normally do. Okay. They may have changed the nights. Yeah. Like changed like their airing nights. I'm not, I'm not sure though. But the baby's name is Lily, we find Lily. out. Lily Solis. And we also find out that Dale Helm, the father, is out of town for spring break <laughs> because he's in high school. And <laughs> this was a funny scene. Yes, the news. I loved when uh, the lawyer was talking about, she was like, I only received a text saying that his mind is blown and he is extremely bummed about this news (laughs) that attorney and the judge were both really funny to me and i think that that's another thing that made this episode pop is that even the smaller characters like those actors in those roles were very funny and i I know that that isn't always the case but i feel like the small roles in this episode were filled with very funny actors in a way that like made even these other moments just better for me yeah i did as well but through this scene, we find out because of Dale's absence, Carlos and Gabby get temporary custody until he comes back to give his input. And then we cut to Parker and Lynette. Yes. Lynette approaches him and tells him that she spoke to his teacher and she does about the cookie deal and she's not mad at him. She just, you know, wants to understand why he did that. And he says another kid told him that babies come from down there and that confused him. So... She tells him, yeah, that's kind of, that's the concept is right. That mm-hmm. is sort of what happens. And then he's like, but how does it even get in there? Yeah. And <laughs> she kind of at first tries to pawn it off on Tom. Yeah. And she's like, uh, daddy will be home in a couple of days. You can ask him. But then he goes, ah, I'll just go ask my friend's 14 year old brother. Cause he knows everything. Ain't that the way when you're a kid though? Like my friend's older sibling, they just know it all. I'll just ask them. Did we, I don't know if we've ever talked about this before, but did you ever have to have like a sex talk with your parents? I don't remember if we talked about this either, but I have not. My parents never talked about that. I only had the, the talks of sex (laughs) in school, (laughs) which was very strange because in my grade school, they separated like boys and girls and that's not how that should work yeah oh my gosh yeah no i never had the sex talk either and even in school they didn't give us a sex talk i grew up in the south and they did do a um actually joint weirdly enough a joint class on like uh, menstruation and Mm. body things like that but never sex and the talk with my mother i was like 15 and i just remember at one point we were watching a sex scene on tv I think in the L word. Oh my God. Or something. And I just remember my mom turned to me and she went, Hey, um, you have the internet and I just assume, you know, more than I do at this point. Do we have to have a a talk or anything? And I just was like, um, no, thank you. And then we didn't. So that was my talk with my mother. Yeah. I just remember being really embarrassed or anything. You know, it's an embarrassing thing. After that, Lynette kind of gives him a toned down version she of the draws talk. it out she draws it out she says there's a seed <laughs> that implants itself it just flies on over and crawls yeah like up there <laughs> <laughs> because parker does ask what is the seed and lynette's like ah, you don't need to know that part that's too much 
Um, but he doesn't believe her. No, he he's doesn't. just like I don't believe you, mommy. <laughs> Breaks my crowns and runs away. He he snaps her knees in half. <laughs> yes, that was that sound effect. Was. <laughs> and then the ending line of this scene where Lynette just says, "I am not lying to you. Mothers don't lie to their sons." Now go upstairs before Santa gets angry. Yeah, <laughs> like, that was that was oh that was funny. I didn't catch that. Yeah. That's very funny. And then we cut to. Carl with his little abs out. He has nice abs. I thought he was Mike at first because I wasn't like looking directly at the screen. You just saw the abs. I saw abs and I went Mike Delfino. No, these are Carl, baby. These, these are, are Carl. These are Carl last name. Uh, Carl last. I assume he's Carl M- Meyer because I think Susan still has her married name because Julie Meyer. So I'm pretty sure she still has her married name. Okay, that's interesting. Some some women keep that just for legal reasons, but that's yeah, fair I, because it's a bitch to change your change name. Change your name, yeah. So <laughs> some women do keep their married name for legal reasons or even sometimes I know I've known people who kept their to match their kids. Like they don't yeah. want to make that a weird thing when, you know, so th- I, I just there I'm sure there's a million reasons or just because it was easy. That that is very understandable. I will say something I think it's funny is TV shows that are geared towards women and ladies when the thirst traps on the show are men. I do think it's kind of fun how it's like, the, the show, it's just like, there's no reason for me to be in a towel and wet right now, but I am. Look at my abs, ladies. <laughs> yes. Like, I think it's funny when there's shows where the thirst traps are for the straight female gaze and mm-hmm. that they are just like dudes. Carl is being gross, though, oh, as grody. Yep, grody as usual. He's trying to get Susan to say that she loves him because if that happens he's like i'll pull i'll put a bullet in edie i'll i'll do it and then i was like you can meet my fucking blade <laughs> carl I'll suck my ass challenge um i'll provide you with a straw i just think that it's you know shitty that edie has literally no say in the way her relationship goes yeah like maybe if edie knew you felt this way she'd have an opinion about her own relationship that she is a part of i guarantee you she would not be getting married no she would be like fuck you carl fuck you susan yes i just feel like i don't know i want edb to be more prominent in the show and i feel like there are plot points that should involve her and she's just nowhere to be found and the fact that carl is just like if you don't say anything i'm just gonna go through with the wedding what a weird fucking choice so if i get married it's your fault susan he's (laughs) he it's like that cop in like in season one episode six he's like if you don't go on a date with me i guess people are gonna die huh yeah susan get away from these fucking men i know date a woman Date a woman, Susan. (laughs) Date me, Susan. I will treat you right. But that is kind of the end of that scene. Like, Susan was trying to confront him about this. He says, I want you. I'm going to take my towel off. And she runs away. Yeah. And then we cut to Paul. (laughs) He is going out to his front porch and slips right away on his back and hits his head and he's like oh what the fuck what's going on and we look over and tilly is there just kind of like staring and she's doing some like little yard work and she goes oh no she's mixing cookies she's baking yeah she's mixing cookies outside (laughs) and she's like i heard a loud thud she sounded like mrs doubtfire Yes. Oh, hello. Paul, are you dead yet? <laughs> no. I'm just baking. I loved this. I love her willingness to kill a man. I said a uh, Lote nominee. I would love for Tilly to be a Lote nominee. Absolutely. Yes. Um, I, I love this subplot. This was an example of a subplot that worked really well for me. It, it worked really well. It made sense. It flowed within the episode. And it, it wasn't, wasn't just overpowering. shoved in. Yeah, it wasn't overpowering. God, this episode was really good. Yeah. 
We find out that it was shortening on the steps from Paul. I mean, she wants him to know it's her. Because yeah. she's like, oh, you use that in baking, not on your front porch. And she goes, that's so silly. Why would that be there? Her <laughs> picks up her bottle of shortening. <laughs> mm, weird. I truly, I yeah, I love her willingness to just completely murder a man in his front yard. We have to stand. We have to stand. Then we cut to... Baby Lily. Baby Lily. She's cute. Yeah. She's very cute. All of the women are surrounding her. They're visiting the yeah. baby. And Gabby says she is going to hire a nanny and a night nurse first thing tomorrow. <laughs> and Carlos gets upset. Carlos goes, uh, I knew. I don't understand how, wh- bo- so both, of, this is, this is how their relationship works. Both of them individually make decisions for the family without consulting the other. Then they tell those decisions to other human beings in public. And then the other person who was not a part of the decision must humiliate the whole couple in front of their friends because they did not know about the decision. Yes. That is how this whole relationship works. Yeah. And then the friends always go, uh, we have a pie in the oven and we have to go now. <laughs> we got to get the fuck out of here. But yeah, Carlos says he doesn't want a stranger raising their baby. They're not fucking preps. They're not fucking yuppies. They're cool goth parents. And they're going <laughs> to raise their, ch- their children by themselves. I think that... I think that there is a discussion to be had here. I don't think it's like necessarily like you're a bad person because you yeah. get help with your baby. But I also do think that Gabby is like unemployed. Carlos does raise a good point. I don't remember if it's here or later that like they have someone that cleans the entire house. Yeah. So she does no house. Like she literally doesn't do anything. And she said she wanted to be a mother. So it makes sense that like her time commitment could go to helping raise this baby. Fully understandable if you need help. But like also like there should be a middle ground i do yeah. I, i'm not actually fully against carl in this scenario i think carlos. there's a con- carlos fuck uh i think there's a compromise to be found here i i agree um i was just poking some fun early <laughs> but I, <laughs> no, I, no, no, I i agree yeah i i do agree with you i think that gabby's take especially from what we see later is if i have somebody to watch my baby then i can just do whatever i want and, and that's not parenthood. That's not really parenthood. <laughs> no. You should spend some time with your child. Yeah, her consistently being like, I want to still have a life. And I'm like, dude, when you have a baby, that's that becomes a huge part of your life. I'm not saying that parents should not have other aspirations, but I think especially when you're in the newborn phase, mm-hmm. like that is the part where like you don't have a lot of time because that baby is a newborn. When they become more self-sufficient, yeah. then that's when you can start loosening the reins and getting some help but like yeah you really need to commit a lot of time to a newborn baby mm-hmm. and like if you want to go out to lunch or something you can always bring, bring your, your baby child. yeah <laughs> like i don't know but i just don't think gabby's ready to be a mom i think she kind of i think they rushed the storyline of her being willing to be a mother period i think they rushed that but i just i think that the character has also rushed maybe into being a mom when she might not have all been fully ready but just doing it for carl carlos Carlos, I'm gonna mess it up every time now. We need a we need a Carl Carlos jar, like a swear jar. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and that's essentially that scene, you know. Carlos says you have to watch our baby because you know science knows it, church knows it, nature knows it. Science is real. Water is life. Love <laughs> is love. <laughs> is love is love is love. Uh, 
And then we cut from uh, the Solis house and we go over to the Van de Camp household again. Grampy wants everybody to kiss and make up. And Brie doesn't know how. And Grampy says, you just have to look at each other and say, I forgive you. That seems so simple. Why didn't they just think of that before? I wonder why people don't do that when they're in war. They just walk <laughs> over and go, I forgive you. And then yeah. it's all over. Yeah, like, I just, it's just... They don't know what's going on. No. They don't know what's happening, really. They just think that someone's throwing a fit and Bree's being a bitch. They don't realize that there's a lot to it. And they find out in this scene, which I did think was very funny, how they do the I forgive you thing. Mm -hmm. But then... Could you live with a woman who hits you? Bree! I slapped him once and he deserved it. I just asked her to stop drinking. You were drinking? She's an AA. Her sponsor has long hair. Andrew, I find your concern ironic given how tanked you were when you ran over our neighbor's mother with your car. Is she okay? She's dead. Well, Mom watched as her boyfriend committed suicide. And he was the same guy who killed Dad. Andrew falsely accused me of molestation. In a mall. And... Grampy and Grammy are like, what the fuck is happening in this house? Yes. I know that there is a lot going on in this scene. Yes. Can I just say? <laughs> I know <laughs> what you're going to say because I saw it and I went, Ned's going to point that out and I'm going to lose my mind. Andrew's Lime Diet Coke is uh, back. <laughs> and I would just like to nominate her for Lote. <laughs> her? Yes. Her pronouns are she, her? Yes. Okay. She's in the bucket. Toss her in the bucket. Actually, Crack her open, Crack her open pour her, her in the bucket. Yes, have have Tilly take a little sip or two. <laughs> Tilly what deserves she's swimming a sip. In. I will say, there was another episode I truly didn't point it out because I just like totally didn't think about it. But Brie was also drinking lime diet coke. Is that is that just the a drink sp- of that household? It might be a sponsor. Yeah, that's. I mean, I don't want a lime diet coke, but I do think about it all the time now. So maybe it works. Product placement works. And so you heard it here first. Load. Load. <laughs> Jesse and the Pussycats is the best movie of all time. <laughs> and then we cut to the Meyer house and Queen Julie is looking at some flowers and Susan comes down so that they can head to the movies. And Julie is a little livid. Yeah. Because her dad sent those flowers. Yeah. She's angry. She's angry. Susan tries to tell her that it's all Okay. She doesn't have feelings for Carl. It's just him projecting this onto her. And Queen Julie knows that that's bullshit. <laughs> Queen Julie, her bullshit detector is is just fucking sharp. Yeah. She, I told you so, is her mom very quickly. I love this this little back and forth of Susan being like, we're still going to the movies though, right? And Julie <laughs> being like, no, you're going by yourself. <laughs> and Susan does. Yeah. Susan's at the movies alone, and Mike comes in with a hot blonde who we don't learn anything about. I feel like, I don't know, I didn't like the vibe from her. Ooh, you thought she had like a malevolent vibe? Maybe, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know. I don't know I if don't I can know. make up my mind on her. I gotta get to know her first. I know, I know. It's just a vibe I had. But, but I did I did absolutely fucking howl when he walked in. I was yeah. very into this episode. I was emoting a lot as I watched, and I did go... <gasps> When I saw him walk in with another woman. Yes. And Susan clocks the other woman. She sees that they don't see her yet. So she looks around really quickly and sees Kyle McLaughlin. Special Agent Dale Cooper. (laughs) Um, What? 
She runs over to him and she's like, quick, I need a fake boyfriend. Oh, very quickly. Great trope. Yes. Great classic trope. Um, we find out that his name is Orson Hodge. What a <laughs> fucking wild name for He's a, a person to have. He has the name and the vibe of dating Brie Vandekamp. <laughs> and I just want to say that. <laughs> Why do you say he has the name and vibe of dating Brie Vandekamp? Listen to the name. Orson <laughs> Hodge. He has a middle part. <laughs> and the way he looks, you know, I think he's a time traveler from 1937. And that's a bad name. That's Bree's type. <laughs> Bree. Her husband's name was Rex Vandekamp. George you, Williams is pretty ordinary. Yeah, but he was also a, a, a sociopath <laughs> who killed himself. And. Uh, <laughs> And she wasn't really in a lasting, meaningful relationship <laughs> with him. So is this a is this a Ned prediction corner? Yes. You think Orson? How are they gonna meet? Through Susan. Through the movies. <laughs> through the movies. Yes. But at the end of the Listen, episode, they kind of possible. set up. They, they set up Susan and Orson though at the end of the episode. Spoiler yeah. alert. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I can't. I don't like I that. Can't convince you. <laughs> I just. I just. I'm just saying. He has the vibe of someone who would date Brie Van Camp, and okay, okay. Um, who's to say it's not later? You know. Yeah, because I do. I do know that mm-hmm. he's here for a long time. Uh, yes, as a, as a, as a spoiler to people who may be watching live with us, comic. This is not the last we have seen of Kyle McLaughlin in this series. Um, but that's Which, all I know. Thank fucking God, because I love I love Kyle McLaughlin. He's great. He's a great actor. I'm a big. If, for those who may know me, and those who do not know this about me, I'm a huge David Lynch fan. So I've seen a lot of Kyle McLaughlin's work. I love Twin Peaks. I love Blue Velvet. I love, I love just I love Flintstones. Yes. Viva Rock Vegas, a hit film he was in. <laughs> Showgirls. Yes. The one of the best movies of all time. I'm a big Kyle McLaughlin fan. But Mike Mike Spotzer. Because Mike, he, he's the sharpest boy in, on earth. He spots Susan and Orson and walks over and says hi to Susan and her date. Yes. We find out that Orson is a dentist. And he th- tells Mike that's kind of how they met. Because yeah. Mike immediately pulls the, how did you two meet? And and I thought Orson did a very nice job. at. Um, I thought that was a really great move of him going, oh, I finally meet the man in the flesh. Because mm. that, that is a really convincing thing to say of like, me and Susan have talked about her exes. Yeah. Or something like that. You know, I thought that was a very... Um, he seems like a very witty guy because he was able to think of that on his feet. I, thought I that like was, him. I do too. I thought this was a fun little meet cute for Susan and Orson. I thought that was for source. <laughs> Mike ended up seeing himself away and yeah. Susan and Orson had a nice little moment. And then the moment ends when Becky comes in. Becky with the good hair. Becky with actually, the good it, was, <laughs> it was pretty bad hair actually. I will yeah. say her hair was like in her face. It was just hanging down and she just had a scowl on truly not acting in any capacity. I want to know, so Becky, for those listening, is Orson's date. Yes. What happens when Mike and his date come back? Because his date was just going to get popcorn. Unless the, Mike's like, I'm so upset we have to leave this movie theater. Because uh, theoretically, Mike and his date are going to come back and then <laughs> see this. Maybe he just thinks Susan's on a, on a, on on a, a, thruple. On a thruple date. Yeah. Thank God. <laughs> Absolutely. Or maybe Susan will like, Oh, I don't know, because I'm trying to think of a way we could get around this. Yeah. Maybe she tells Orson to go to the bathroom. So that when Mike comes back, mm. it just looks like Susan is sitting 
just near another woman. Yeah. And then the lights go down. Orson comes back in. Susan moves. I just, I really like the thought I don't, of I don't a, know. A, a full row, but like just these three people clumped <laughs> next to each other. <laughs> Or like an empty row is what I meant. Have you ever had that when you're at a movie theater? I, I guess not in a you know a long time because of, of of a whole pandemic we're dealing with. But have you ever had that where you sit in the movies and there is a full fucking row and the person still sits like right next to you? I have been that person. <laughs> I <laughs> who are you, Ned? What the fuck? Um, if my the seat I want is open, I will take that seat and I don't care if I'm sitting next to somebody. I will do. <laughs> anything not to be within like 20 feet of somebody else i like That's to be fair. completely like secluded i don't want to be near anyone while i'm having my theatrical experience i i hate the idea of having to move my little leggies so that they can go pee i i get away from everyone that is completely fair and understandable <laughs> i have lost my mind many years ago <laughs> Oh my gosh. But aside from the logistics of how the fuck will Mike not see this woman, we, we cut away. We cut away to Paul. After the last incident, I would keep away from doing anything at least outside because he's putting lighter fluid in a grill. Zach's got some meats on a board. And when Paul throws the match in there, it just fucking explodes. And we find out it's gasoline and not lighter fluid. I love that Paul is in a Final Destination movie. (laughs) Everything could kill him. I love how Paul is kind of dense in this moment where he... He's like, she's not trying to kill me. She's just trying to piss me off. No, Paul. She's she's trying trying to to kill kill you. you. I love this spy versus spy, like, shenanigans to try to fucking kill Paul. Also, Paul being like, I don't understand why she hates us. Um, yeah, it's not like you fucking killed her sister and lied about it. And she, it's not like she's been talking all about it all over the lane. Why does he, why is he confused why she would hate him? Like, because Zach knows that he killed the hoops, right? I think thought i i who someone please message us on instagram because i can't remember if zach knows about the fact that paul killed hoobs because i i just am confused why paul is pretending like she doesn't have a reason to be mad at him like you fully fucking killed her sister because you were mad at her so of course she's mad at you dude i don't know i just i'm on team tilly paul can suck my butt yes and then we quickly cut to the Solis household at night. The baby's mm-hmm. crying. Gabby wants Carlos to get up and tend to the baby because she's gotten up two times already, mm-hmm. which I think is reasonable yes. for them to take turns. Yes. But he has interviews tomorrow, so he can't possibly even look at that baby. <laughs> I can't <laughs> think about that baby. I've got to focus on my work. <laughs> I wrote in my notes, who gives a shit if you have interviews Sorry, my Carlos hate jumped out. (laughs) (laughs) The Carlos hate leapt. (laughs) But yeah, so Gabby gets up and she ends up going to Zhao's room and asking her to take care of the baby. Yes. And then she just starts sleeping in Zhao bed. And she's like, don't, we don't need to tell Carlos about this. We we really don't. Gabby. You know that feel when you, you just like... I don't even know where to go. <laughs> I was going to do a bit, but there's no bit around there's this. There's no bit. I the, I, I want to like Gabby so much, and she makes it so hard it's sometimes. Like, she makes it so hard. We get an episode of Good Gabby content, and then the next episode just ruins it again. It's like I'm trying, I'm trying so hard 
to just to just consistently like you, Gabby. But you're taking advantage of your housekeeper because your husband won't let you hire a nanny. Shami didn't sign up for that. She barely no. signed up for the job she's doing. Yeah. Oh, I'm just stressed. Um, but I think that by the end of the episode, which we'll get into later, we see a bit of a change in her, which is nice. Yes. Hopefully. Hopefully. Because first we cut to Brie coming downstairs. Oh, God, this fucking scene was yes. so good. I started reading my notes and realizing what scene we were on. I loved this scene. I thought the acting was intense and wonderful. Let's get into it. Brie's coming downstairs. She sees Eleanor prepping her hair for the morning. And Eleanor tells Brie that they are going to be taking Andrew to Rhode Island to live with his grandparents for a while because it was Andrew's choice. I love how Brie says the dirty laundry line. She says, well, do you think I'm having fun airing my dirty laundry everywhere? When I'm like, that's the theme of the season. Dirty laundry. Dirty laundry. That's the, the name of the board game. But Eleanor basically calls out Brie saying you're a bad mother. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's a little intense. Brie's objecting to this, right? Yes. Brie's angry. Oh, yes. But I honestly think that that would have been a good idea. Mm-hmm. Is that weird? I think that he would get out of the house like he wants and then he wouldn't get his trust fund. Like everyone well, would. And he would be able to get some space and they could keep working on their relationship, but he would be able to get out of the house, get some space, and then he wouldn't get his trust fund, right? Uh, I don't know about that because slight spoiler for later in the episode we do see andrew driving a car later wait yeah holy shit and so i don't know if he would not be getting his trust fund but i also with information we learn later in the episode i don't think staying with his grandparents would be a good idea well no because they are extremely homophobic yes um and then he drives a car yeah was that just a really (laughs) bad plot hole it might have been it might have been Bree's car i don't know but we do see him driving a car. So I was like, did he get access to some of his trust funds since his grandparents got here? The audience cannot see my face. But the, You're top, the top of my head is off because my fucking mind is blown. It's like just seeping goo. Boof. Yeah, I did not notice that. I think that's just a really bad plot hole. Because if he got a car from his grandparents, we would have heard about it. Yeah. Theoretically. Unless there was a cut scene. Because that's all he wants. Yeah. That was literally. Oh, my. That is such a bad plot hole. Yeah. I can't even believe. But you know it's not a bad plot hole? This scene? This scene. It was beautifully acted. Like, oh, it was yes. very intense. And there was... They start talking about Bree's mother, which I thought was very interesting. Yeah. About these cookies that Bree used to make when she was a kid and how Eleanor never liked them. And, and, and Bree... And, and Eleanor was saying she was always persistent trying to get these cookies right. And, and Bree points out that her mother liked them. And Eleanor points out that your mother probably lied to be nice. And I'm not going to do that. So Brie kind of grew up with the evil stepmother trope, it looks like. Yeah. I can't remember exactly what Eleanor says, but she tells Brie that, like, this is the reason you resent me. And Brie just goes, no, I resent you because those were kick-ass cookies. Yeah. (laughs) And the scene ends with an amazing mic drop where when she says, like, yeah, they kind of get into her calling Brie a bad mother. Eleanor says, "I I could lie and say something supportive but that was always your mother's thing yeah and that was just very intense that these wounds from Bree's childhood still feel very fresh and and um exposed however many years later 30 40 years later i mean doing something like cleaning your mother's blood off of the street probably holds like with you for a very long time yeah and also 
yeah, getting a stepmother who felt like a such an antithesis to your mother. Mm-hmm. Clearly someone she does not like, someone she feels has never loved her. It's just it was just very interesting and dove into Bree's backstory in a way that I thought was so tasty. Mm-hmm. And Carol Burnett's an amazing actress, so then we got like a great actor to kind of go toe to toe with Marsha Cross, who was also a great actress. I just thought it was a really interesting scene. So did I. And like you said, it very beautifully acted. Mm-hmm. And after that scene, we go to Gabby again. Yes. We see her give Zhao Mei a gift certificate to her favorite spa as a thank you for watching the baby the mm-hmm. other night. But then quickly is like, I have to go. So take care again. <laughs> <laughs> Which is wild. Yeah. But that's essentially all of that scene. Yes. We then cut to Brie Vandekamp. We hear some yelling outside, and this is when we see Andrew drive off in the car. I cannot believe that. Oh, yeah. my gosh. He and Justin were fighting, it seems. And so Brie goes to talk to Justin, and she asks him why he's upset. And he says, like, we're breaking up because, like, he's going to Rhode Island, and there's no way we can still be together. Mm-hmm. And then there was, like, a little interesting moment where Brie asks why he loves Andrew so much. Yeah, I think it's interesting the the shift of her in terms of her approach to Andrew's queerness. I think she has been in a place of she doesn't want to give up on her kids, so she's not going to kick him out like Justin's parents as we learn in this scene. But she is sort of a um I'm not going to acknowledge it if it's not hitting me in the face kind of thing. And then Bree kind of says, "I think I have a way to keep him here." If you would like to help me. I what a team up. <laughs> yeah. Brie and Justin. What oh. a little duo. Absolutely wild. <laughs> <laughs> and then we cut to Lynette coming home from work and it looks like Klusky was uh babysitting the kids. I did like the visual comedy in McCluskey saying Here's the big news. Parker offered me a fudgical if I would show him my vagina. Oh, good God, Lynette, relax. I didn't do it. I just got this out of the freezer a second ago. There was a lot of little comedy in this episode. At first, I thought Klusky was going to come in with some facts and be like, just be honest with him. Just tell him about it and just educate him. But no, she wants him to learn about everything. And then she wants Lynette to shame him. She wants to say, you're going to hell if you do any of this, Parker. This scene made me have a sad realization yeah Klusky's probably a Republican yes because <laughs> she calls because Lynette mentions that she doesn't want to shame him about sex so Klusky calls Lynette a liberal idiot yes <laughs> so rest in peace the, the possibility of a not Republican Klusky yeah it, I mean it sucks I mean because Brie Bree's also a Republican. I yeah, Bree is a Republican. Anybody else is on the lane? Do you think Susan is? I feel like Susan said gay rights. Weirdly, I feel like the Solises might be. Oh yeah, because they love money. They I love feel money. Like they, they love God. I feel like they're sort of just like we're f- we're fiscally conservative, yeah. but we love gay people. I feel like that's probably what what the Solises are like. Yes, but I feel like Susan. I feel like. <laughs> I feel like Susan doesn't vote. No. I feel like Susan does not engage in politics. No. I feel like she doesn't What's know. What's going on? Yeah, 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 yeah. And then Lynette is like a hardcore, like, 
white leftist liberal who's like we did it <laughs> we we solved racism and then love wins yeah and then everyone's like uh Lynette no that's not how that works and she's like mm, it's not in my face so I don't see it yeah I don't think anyone on the lane is necessarily well, <laughs> great when it comes to that I've said this a million times before but this is a, a terrible show about terrible people. <laughs> yes, I mean true. that in the most loving way possible because everybody here knows I love this show. Oh, absolutely. I also love this show. Um, and thank God we love it because we get a great, another great scene next because ding dong, ding dong. Hello, Orson. Kyle McLaughlin. Welcome back. Susan left her fucking wallet at the movie theater. She is such a mess. Yes. He does a kind of smooth move. That I thought well, he's like, yeah, here's your wallet. Also, I left my card in there if you ever want to go to the movies. Like, yeah. that was a smooth move. Um, and she starts saying, you know, I have a lot going on, so I don't know if I'll be able to do that. I won't bore you with the details. Funny cut. Immediately cut to her telling him everything. Well, it was like him recapping the things he had learned. Yeah. Being like, so you're in love with this guy, but that guy's dating this chick. And that's your ex-husband. It's also like, it was just, it was, it was a very funny cut of, that was a very funny thing. Oh, yes. this episode was funny. And he gets real. I, Orson comes in with the facts. I, I loved it. He tells her. That Carl wants Susan to do all of the heavy lifting so he doesn't have to do one thing. Yeah, because she mentions, I think I might have feelings for him. And Orson's like, you want the truth? You're a sucker. And he's yeah. a coward. And I loved this. Yes. I loved him telling. Yeah, like he was, Carl wants Susan to be the one to end this relationship with Edie because he's a fucking coward. He's trying to have Susan be his scapegoat. And then we cut to the Solis household. Gabby just kind of yells out to Zhao saying she has to go meet Brie for lunch. Thanks for taking care of the baby. Bye. We go to lunch. I immediately was like, There's gonna, she's not there. Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, almost immediately when Gabby gets to lunch with Brie, she goes, oh, like, I saw Zhao at the spa. We had a conversation for about 20 minutes. And that's when Gabby realizes oh fuck my baby is home alone so gabby races home i was screaming the whole time yeah she she fucking fast and furious is down the road <laughs> fucking drifting and doing donuts <laughs> yeah uh, crashes through her front door and then uh sprints up the stairs on all twos and <laughs> picks that baby up Gives her a bunch of little kisses, tells her she's sorry. God, I hope this kicked her in the ass. But Carlos comes back. I said his name right this time. Yes, Thank you God. Did. Ding, ding, points for me. Comes back just just in the nick of time to see that the baby <laughs> has uh, someone home with her. And Gabby is doing yoga with little Lily. Yeah. And he seems impressed that Gabby is being a good mom. And oh, if only he knew that this baby was just alone for probably 40 minutes. And then we immediately cut to a wedding venue. A bar, or, or no, a bar mitzvah. A bar mitzvah venue. Yeah, yeah mazel tov. Yes. Mazel tov to this child who's turning 13. Carl invited Susan here because he's testing out wedding bands. Gross and, and weird. I need your input on this, Susan. And he starts like trying to get her to dance with him. And he's a um, smarmy bitch. He's, yes, he is. He asks the band to play something slow and soulful. And you are so beautiful. Th that song starts playing. We find out it's their the song. Their song. They had their first kiss to that song. He um, planned it. Yes. Obviously. And Susan clocks this. Mm -hmm. And I loved this scene for Susan. It yes. did not last. Spoiler no. alert. But I loved no. this Susan scene. 
so much. I love, she straight up tells him, like, I see the coward from three years ago. Oof. Oof. Get him, bitch. Get him. And she turns him down. Yeah. She's like, you're a coward. I deserve better. Edie deserves better. Get the fuck out of my life. And I was like, yes, yes. I love this Susan. I love Mm -hmm. this strong, level-headed, mature Susan. Yes. Stay, please, queen. Come back. Please, Susan, do your job and stay. <laughs> stay. I just, I re- also heard in this tank top. Oh, yes. I'm looking a little bit. Okay. I'm just letting you know. I am looking. Oh, we're both looking together. <laughs> share, let's share some binoculars. <laughs> we are looking. One eye in each. Yes, she looked hot. She did. And she was strong. I was living for Susan in this oh, scene. Oh, yes. Carl deserves to be dragged. Yes. With Susan's strong arms. With Susan's strong arms. And then we go to Paul. He <laughs> wakes up. That's so scary. God. Comedy comes in threes, you know? <laughs> uh, he looks outside and his windows get covered by something. It was scary. The lighting was spooky. Yeah. Him and Zach go outside in their PJs and we find out it's a fumigation thing. And there weren't supposed to be people in that house. No. The men that are putting the tent over are like, what the fuck are you doing here? Paul, yeah, she's still just trying to fuck with you. She's not trying to do anything bad, Yeah, right? she's definitely not trying to kill you with fumigation. Tilly in this scene, <gasps> my fucking bones turned to ice. <laughs> like, I, I felt chills. Because she goes, oh, Paul, th- that was supposed to be my house. I am so sorry. I think I wrote down the wrong address. We love a fake bitch who is winning she goes up to him and and like he's like you need to stop fucking with me like this you need to stop and she goes what are you gonna do blow your brains out like your wife and like the, he just fucking grabs he her goes to like choke her yeah and she's like oh my god <laughs> oh somebody help me also wow did he i wonder because in my brain i think i thought of him like choking or grabbing at her throat it's kind of how he killed mm-hmm. boobs cinematic parallels <laughs> what is that <laughs> meme <laughs> where it's like this poetic cinema yeah yeah that's that's paul trying to kill the hooper right now uh the, the tilly right now uh the guys pull him off of her and a lot of people in the neighborhood see and she starts being like look how crazy he is he's trying to kill me yeah she's winning she's fucking winning we love a queen who's winning i want paul to go away and then we go to the lynette the lynette household the lynette household (laughs) lynette's name is lynette lynette yes it's tom lynette parker (laughs) lynette porter and preston Uh, lynette baby's lynette (laughs) penny lynette (laughs) yes uh we get a, a little mary alice monologue here just very quickly like bringing back the phases that he goes through, the obsessions that Parker has that we talked about in the beginning of the episode. Mm-hmm. And yes, he, what, what were some of the other phases? He had the dinosaurs trains, I believe was one mm-hmm. baseball. Baseball was another one. Uh, and all she has to do to get him to stop talking about this is give him a new obsession. So she gives them a puppy. That's a cute puppy. That's a cute puppy. We only see one twin because we only see them one at a time now. Yeah, that's true. It was a little, it's one of those little floppy, like uh, beagle type yeah. dogs. Those little floppy eared, wrinkly faced dogs are very cute. I can't wait to see this dog grow up. Me too. And I, I like that it's, it's, it, I like that it's, this is the choice she's making instead of shaming him mm-hmm. because she starts to shame him and then is like, I don't want to do that. I don't yes. want to make my kid feel bad for curiosity so i'm just gonna replace it and then we go to the meyer household knock 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 who's at the door it's carl oh no (laughs) oh no he tells her that she was right he called off the wedding 
and he loves her and he's gonna leave her alone he looks hot in a jean shirt <laughs> i love a jean shirt i almost bought a jean shirt the other day you should okay i'll do it you better go buy that jean shirt so then i can replace the hot carl with the hot men <laughs> that's what i need in my life um and susan invites him in for a <sighs> bottle of wine no no susan no <laughs> i felt it i felt where it was going yeah. i was screaming at the at the screen going no don't do it i didn't believe susan him. no in this scene i did not believe him i i did honestly i felt i felt betrayed <laughs> Because I did believe him in this scene. I don't have faith in uh, any man on this show <laughs> except for Mike. Mike Delfino. Yes. Mike fucking He's the Delfino. only man I have faith in. I and Mike. he's going to die one day. So. <laughs> Stop. Don't put that <laughs> in my brain. I only want my Mikey Poo alive and with me right now. <laughs> oh, darn. And then we cut to a scene I loved. Bree is bringing down some things for Andrew. Uh, for his grandparents being like, all right, here, you can pack some of his things. Here's his box of porn. Yeah. Like, because like, boys will be boys. <laughs> uh, am I right? <laughs> and I just don't understand why they act like that's a normal thing for uh, parents to openly bring downstairs uh, for their kids. But Grampy picks up a magazine. Yes. And reads through it and goes, where, where are all the women? And Eleanor pretty quickly realizes he's gay yes because they pick up the magazine that has the best title in the entire fucking universe leather daddies in love leather daddies in love we get a subscription win please <laughs> i want a subscription to leather daddies in love i'll f- I'll, f- I'll find out where <laughs> where we can do this i can't believe that we need to change our podcast name to, to leather, leather daddies, daddies in, in love. love a desperate house a desperate podcast. podcast i just really liked that name eleanor begins to freak the fuck out the plan is working mm-hmm. Bree is getting exactly what she wants and i i don't know i wonder if justin was in on this plan at all because it just seems like well, Bree is who's executing it and she is definitely weaponizing andrew's queerness to take away something he wants yeah which is not great maybe she used justin to be like where do you find gay porn do you think brie went and bought all of that yes I do, you, that do you think that was it. actually andrew i, I yeah. thought that she bought all of it I thought, I thought that was her plan i thought that andrew just had it no i thought she bought it <laughs> i am doubled over yeah i want the scene of Brie going with Justin to buy gay porn more than I want to live on this earth do anymore. You, do you want it more than the season one Edie or the sex toy scene? Yeah. Yeah, me too. I, I want to see Brie and Justin buying gay porn. That is oh, all yes. I want. Here's a challenge to our audience. Okay. Write me that fanfic. Yes. That is Brie and Justin buying gay porn together. Please. Please. Just a fun outing. Yeah, just just write me that 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 platonic outing, please. We'll read it on air. We will absolutely read it on air. So we then cut immediately to Andrew wearing the weirdest shirt I've ever seen. <laughs> Didn't with, notice it. Uh, it's like got a patch in the middle which cuts off his pocket. So it's like a half pocket shirt. I did not notice that. I nominated it for Lot. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Throw it on um, in there. But we find out that the grandparents left and that 
they are taking his trust fund completely away. Yeah, because they just left him a letter. That's it. They just yeah. left without even speaking to him. Which, I, which makes me kind of glad he didn't have to go with them. Yeah, he would have had even less power if he was in Rhode Island yes. by himself, you know? Yeah. And Brie is randomly becoming a P-Flag mom now? Yeah, she's like, I talked to Justin for the first time in my life. I talked to a gay person. <laughs> and, you know, they weren't that bad. I didn't die. We actually had a great time buying yeah. sex toys. And, and porn. Um, I invited him over for dinner. You're not invited. <laughs> me, and, me and Justin are hanging out. He's my new gay son. Because <laughs> he um, is actually enjoyable to be around. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be fucking funny, though. I actually, yeah, I want to get into that more later because I actually was pretty touched by that when we see yeah. it at the end. I actually, I, I enjoy this new direction for Brie. Mm-hmm. So do I. Um, but we also find out in this scene that she wants both of them to just let go of their anger and try to make this work. I don't know if that's going to happen. I don't think it will. Just because how stubborn Andrew is. Yes. Um, I I feel as if Andrew is definitely like a rock in place. Mm -hmm. And it's going to take a lot to try to move him. Especially with what you're saying, the ending scene does feel nice. It feels better. Mm -hmm. Um, But for now, we have to go to hell. I'm burning. I'm I'm just in the flames here in in hell in this scene. (laughs) Because we see... Carl and Susan in bed together. I was so proud of her. I'm like disappointed in myself for believing in her in the during the bar mitzvah scene. Yeah. I know you knew he was lying. I didn't think he was. Mm. So when this happened, I was screaming. And this is actually a very fun twist. It's like not fun, but it's funny. Yeah. I was howling with laughter because Susan... Post coitus gets a phone call from Edie, who's as like, does. yeah, as I wish I was getting a phone call from Edie after I have sex, and Edie says, "Hey, is Carl there?" And Susan's like, "Yeah," and gives the phone to Carl, and and Susan is just confused why Edie would know Carl's there. Carl lies about why he's there. Susan's just continuing to make this confused face as Carl mentions that he'll grab juice on the way home. Carl never fucking broke up with Edie. No. And as soon as Susan finds that out, she starts chucking his clothes down the stairs, out the door, saying, get the crap out of my house. (laughs) Uh, Julie just sitting there shaking her head while she eats cereal was very funny. It was so good. She was like, I hated our marriage. Nothing good ever came from it except for you, Julie. I love you. You are the light of my life. <laughs> my mom's done that about my dad as well. My mom and my dad <laughs> hate each other. Yeah. So like my mom has also pulled pulled one of those like nothing. Ah, you piece of shit except for McKinsey. McKinsey's amazing. <laughs> uh like my, that felt recognizable to me. It was very funny. Do you think where do you think this is gonna go? I'm curious what you think. Do you think they're gonna get together? Do you think Edie's gonna find out do you what do you think is gonna happen I think something really bad's gonna happen I think Edie's gonna find out but god I hope that they don't get together I hope they don't either but who knows at this point but this scene transitions us into the final Mary Alice monologue I actually thought this was really interesting mm-hmm. I liked the way they the monologue kind of juxtaposed different images of we all do things we're ashamed of, whether it's falling for the wrong man or letting go of the right woman, humiliating our parents or failing our children. And this is the part I really liked with Brie, where we see Brie bringing out like a pie for Andrew and Justin, who was playing cards and hanging out. 
and Mary Alice mentions that, you know, we've all made mistakes, but there is redemption if we learn from those mistakes and we grow. Yeah. And I kind of like the idea that that is being applied to Bree's point of view on Andrew's queerness, Mm -hmm. learning, hearing Justin's experience being kicked out by his parents, realizing that Justin's parents did not love him as unconditionally as he should. And maybe Bree realizing she hasn't loved Andrew as unconditionally as she should. And maybe working to improve that, working to accept Justin, working to maybe have him over for dinner and let's be together. Like, I like the idea of her moving in a direction of being more accepting. Also with the knowledge that, you know, she is based off of the creator's mother, right? And and I think from what I have gathered from interviews you know he has a decent relationship with his mother you know so i just think it's i think it's interesting mm-hmm. i like the, i like this direction for brie i want her to be a p flag mom i want to see brie at pride yeah no cops at pride only brie vandekamp <laughs> only brie with her shotgun, <laughs> with her shotgun. <laughs> she's protecting us yes um yeah i agree i really like the implication that she's growing yeah and that's the end of the episode. That is. And with that, we have been Wisteria Gaze. If you want to find us on social media, you can find us on Twitter at Wisteria Gaze or on Instagram at Wisteria Gaze underscore, as well as our website, WisteriaGaze.com. And on our website, you can find some great links to our Discord. Yes, come hang out with us. Yes our merch page yes wear t-shirts with our names on them (laughs) and our patreon our patreon is great uh if you subscribe to our patreon you help support our show and we love you yes um and you get some great perks by subscribing like monthly video postcards episode notes ad-free episodes and episode shout outs so we're gonna take the next second to shout out our patrons so thank you so much, AJ, Annie, Cheryl, Elise, Helena, Liv, Megan, Nadia, Sarah, Tom, TK, and Vincent. Thank you so much for being our patrons, helping support the show. It really means the world. You are the juiciest of all time. Oh, yes. We we love you. We love you so much. And if anybody else wants to subscribe, you can go to patreon.com slash wisteria gaze. Other than that, I love reviews. Tell me about it. Uh, I know. Okay. Never mind. Um, <laughs> I love reviews because they help people find our show. They do. And they just kind of make our day. They make our day. At the end of every episode, we like posing a question to just get those reju- reduces flowing. They're uh, review juices. They're reduces. Yes. That's what they're called. Oh, I love reduces. <laughs> and I love to slurp them all up. <laughs> and... This week, I think our question should be... I have an idea. Okay. What is your favorite gay porn magazine name? In Andrew's box. In Andrew's box. What is your favorite gay porn magazine in Andrew's box? Okay. Mine is... Oh, no. Um, Mine is Sausage Tubes. Sausage tubes. That's the first thing that came to my mind. It That's sounds disgusting. Incredible. Sausage tubes does sound disgusting. It sounds disgusting, and I love every second of it. Ooh, yes, <laughs> yes, yes. Um, my favorite is chains, whips, and potato chips. <gasps> oh, a food? You're into food it's, it's, stuff. It's, it's a mixture. 
It's a We're mixture. both into food stuff. <laughs> oh, you're right. It's a it's a mixture of a of a kind of more uh, kink focused mm. BDSM uh, sexual experience, also combined with um, a cooking magazine. So there's recipes mm. and other other things. So you can cook dinner after you have sex. Mine is the sloppiest. <laughs> Like, it comes wet for no reason the at all. The magazine is drenched. Yeah, it, it, it comes wet and nobody knows why. Oh, God. I think I know why. I'm, you think you know, but it, <laughs> you don't. <laughs> so, you leave us your review if you want to. Or, some people will answer who have already reviewed in our Discord mm-hmm. as well. If you want to let us know what is your favorite uh, gay porn magazine in Andrew's box... That'd be great. That'd be so great. Leave I can't us, wait to Leave hear us five it. stars, five apples on your review. And if you want to find me, Ned, on any social media, you can find me at Ned Jorts. Ooh, love that handle. Mm, and you can you. find me, Mackenzie, at Mackenzie Wilkes. Oh, spicy. Spicy, the same as it's always <laughs> been. Other than that, Mackenzie. What's up? I love you so much. I love you an insane amount. I missed this. I missed this. I needed this. Uh to be to be in love <laughs> to be in love like we are other than that everyone else <gasps> stay juicy stay juicy bitch bitch <laughs> <laughs>